The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. So glad to have you with me today. And it is gorgeous outside. A beautiful day. We've had the streak of 70-degree weather. And you had to know that there's going to be some sort of punishment that goes along with that. And if you're a football fan in the state of Michigan, it is going to be a punishing year for us. Michigan, Michigan State, the Lions all looked absolutely horrible this weekend. There is not a positive thing you can say about any of the teams in the state of Michigan, with the exception of the Chippewas and the Broncos. The only two teams that actually won this week. And uh, that was back on Tuesday, so you may have forgotten about that by now. Anyway, joining me as he does every Monday to break down the weekend's football action is my friend Pat Batchelor, morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. Hello, sir. Hello. It was a bad day Saturday, and it was a bad day yesterday. Uh, boy, we do not have anything to look forward to the rest of this season, with the exception of potentially some personnel changes at the top at some of our favorite teams. Yes, I, I think that's a, a true statement. Uh, I think uh, that uh, all, the, uh, all the precincts are reporting now, and it uh, seems clear that we can declare that uh, football, the state of football in Michigan in 2020 is bad. Bad. And I mean, that, re- really bad, historically bad. Yes, and that, and that uh, both Matt Patricia and uh, Jim Harbaugh are massive frauds. <laughs> I think those are those are apt words to use in the in the wake of this. Um, you know, I'm not conceding the season yet for the Spartans or the Wolverines. Um, I think the evidence will be pretty clear in a couple of weeks. But we've got to let things play out. We've got to see what there's uh, you know if there's any potential uh, you know rigging of the system out there against our, our in-state teams. Um, the Lions, on the other hand, there's no, there's no excusing their behavior. Uh, let's start with the Lions this week. They, they got beat up by the Vikings yesterday. Uh, yeah, they've got some injuries that were you know, bad. But, I mean, it, it almost looks as if this team sort of sleptwalked through that game yesterday. Matt Stafford was not sharp. Two picks in the red zone on consecutive possessions. Uh, not something you can do in the NFL and win games. No, and I, I have to say, I, I've always been a big Matthew Stafford fan. Uh, I, As I, am I. I. I think it might be time, though, for him to, to think about uh, greener pastures. It might be, or at least the Lions ought to be thinking about uh, the future after Matthew Stafford, because he has not been sharp this season. It doesn't help that Kenny Galladay has not been uh, consistently available for him. He is by far the team's best receiver, one of the best in the league. Um, but you know, you gotta, you gotta play the hand you're dealt and, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford just seems to be making some uh, bad decisions at key moments. And for a guy who's been in the league that long, uh, who, uh, should be familiar with Daryl Bevel's system by now, uh, who, uh, has been the franchise quarterback for, you know, over a decade now, you just can't have those kind of mistakes. And, uh, you know, especially when your defense 
uh, can't stop the other guy from uh, from doing what they do. I mean, the the Vikings have always had success rushing against the Lions. Uh, oh yeah. When it, when it wasn't Adrian Peterson, it's Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, Del- Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had he stayed in the game a little bit longer, could have run for three hundred yesterday. Yeah, he was. They didn't. They didn't touch him at all. I mean, it doesn't help when you only have ten men on the field for a seventy-yard gallop for a touchdown, which the Lions did. But well, they, they could have had twenty. It wouldn't have helped. Yeah, I mean, but but I'm sorry. The Lions' run defense is awful. Uh, they their secondary is still a little bit banged up. Um, you know, their linebacking core though is just they're not there. It, it, they make basic simple mistakes all the time and and it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating that our head coach matt patricia is supposed to be some sort of defensive genius yet the lions have given up uh what almost 30 points more than 30 points in almost every game this season well i would say that matthew patricia has been very defensive uh, after games (laughs) i would would agree with that well i'm sorry repeat yourself i said i think he He's a genius in that department. He's very defensive after games. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, but there's no excuse for this stuff. Um, it, it just seems as if – I'm not sure what the problem is. The Lions cannot fix their problems at linebacker. Their secondary is way too stressed because the linebackers are never there in coverage, and so they, they're, they're constantly hung out to dry. Yeah. It's, uh, it's difficult to watch. And, you know, when we talked last week, I said, look, you know, the, if they could beat the Vikings, who had not won at home until yesterday, and then Washington next week, you'd be looking at a, a five, you know, a five and four team. Well, that's out the window. They're three and five. Uh, it doesn't matter if they beat Washington now. Um, you know, there's, there's really, I mean, I just don't see, I don't see this team winning uh, maybe more than six games. That certainly won't be good enough to get into the playoffs. Um, and I, I don't know where you go from here. I mean, you know, there's, there's of course uh, been uh, a lot of talk about, you know, maybe making a change and I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, if you want to fire Matt Patricia, go ahead. I mean, you know, there's, there's certainly ample reason to, but where do you go from there? I mean, I've, I've, I've said time and time again, sure. You can change the head coach, but it doesn't matter who the forwards hire because they've always gotten it wrong. Uh, whoever they hire is going to be the wrong guy because it's always the wrong guy. So fire him, don't fire him. It doesn't really matter. Well, you know, and here's, it seems to me what, what would happen in this situation. You fire a coach in the middle of the season and then, you know, you elevate somebody in the assistant ranks to, you know, interim head coach. And then what typically happens is that interim coach has a little bit of success enough for the Lions to actually give them the job. <laughs> it's like, you know, that seems to be the kind of thing that they would decide to do rather than go after whoever might be out there that is really good. Uh, unlike what the Tigers did, uh, you know, AJ Hinch is the new manager of the Tigers. Granted. Yeah. Okay. There's the cheating story and all that kind of stuff, but he's a great manager. The Tigers are like, you know what? He's the best guy available. They somehow got lucky enough for him to fall into their lap. The Lions never really seemed to go that route. They tried it with Mariucci. They got burned, and it's like they're afraid to do that now. Well, uh, and I think back to uh, before Millen, uh, when uh, Gary Moeller took over uh, midseason. They went four and three, uh, but uh, then Matt Millen came in, fired Gary Moeller, brought in Marty Morningweg, uh, who won uh, exactly one more game in two seasons uh, (laughs) than Moeller did in seven games. So, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter. They're going to get it wrong no matter who it is. Um, so, you know, we can always count on that. 
Um, you know, as far as, uh, as far as, uh, uh, the general manager, I mean, you know, Bob Quinn's made some, uh, uh, made some bad moves, you know, uh, veering a little bit, what you mentioned, uh, as far as AJ Hinch, yeah, the Tiger, Tigers not only got the best manager available, they actually picked up another manager in the process, George Lombard, mm-hmm. uh, as the, uh, as, as his number two, uh, uh, assistant coach for the Tigers. This guy was a candidate for manager's jobs. He'll probably be a manager in 2022. I mean, I really like, what the Tigers have done since the end of the season in terms of at least getting the, uh, the, 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 the managing and coaching staff. Uh, I mean, they may, they may not win a lot of games next year, but uh, it won't be for uh, lack of leadership. That's for sure. Well, and, and let's get back to the lines here for just yeah. a second, because I, I mentioned this just in passing a couple of minutes ago, but there was a, a play where um, Dalvin Cook got a 70-yard touchdown run, and it turns out the Lions only had 10 men on the field. And, and I'm sorry, you know, yes, they're professional players. They should know their roles. They should know who's supposed to be in there, but that's on coaching. Somebody's supposed to be out there looking to see if they're there. Call timeout. Waste a timeout. Make sure that never happens. And, I mean, that's just – that's on coaching. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, and so, you know, I'm not exactly sure what you can do about that, but, but Matt Patricia, I have a feeling, you know, you and I were talking via text earlier this morning before we did this, and I said, who's the first one to get fired, Harbaugh or, or Patricia at the Lions? And you said, Patricia, you think this is going to happen soon. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, if only because I don't think, and even with Michigan's struggles, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Ward Manuel's ready to bail on him yet. Uh, whether Harbaugh's ready to bail or not uh, is, uh, is another matter. Um, I, I know that uh, there was a report out there uh, on Yahoo that uh, he was open to returning the NFL. I don't trust anything I see regarding Harbaugh unless I see it come from John Bacon um, because he, he, knows, he knows really what's going on. I mean, he knows that situation. If, if, uh, you know, if, if, if Bacon says Harbaugh might be out, then I would take it a lot more seriously. But I think that, uh, but they got to get the extension done. If there's, you know, Ward Manuel can't drag this on forever. He's got, if, if Harbaugh is going to be the guy, get the extension done and get it done now so that there's some stability in the program and the, and the recruits uh, who are coming in next season and, and after that can at least have uh, some sense of where the program's going to be. Uh, if you're not going to extend it, you know, people say, well, you know, they, they wouldn't make a move till the end of the season. You know, if you're, if you're going to make, if you're going to make a change, if you want to make a change, I say, do it now, uh, dump him, hand the reins over to an assistant and then start because then the job opens, then it gives assistant coaches or head coaches at smaller schools enough time to think about it. Okay. The Michigan job is open you know, you, you, you make the move now and that, you know, they can still focus on the three or four games they have left this season, but it's out there. They have time to consider their options as opposed to waiting until, you know, maybe December uh, or, or even early January. And then whoever comes in is already behind in the process. Uh, You know, if, if they, if they were to make a move, if they were to make a move now, let somebody be an interim coach till the end of the season. Then as soon as the last, as soon as Ohio State eviscerates them again, right after that game, you can start going out and hopefully make, have that new coach in the very next Monday and, uh, and start, yeah. uh, and, and that person can start, you know, picking up where they left off as opposed well, to being 
and, behind eight ball in January, even February. There's a lot of work to do with this team, though. Uh, let's transition to the Wolverines here. Um, Indiana beat them 38-21. Uh, Indiana was able to control the ball. Uh, they pretty much did whatever they wanted to do on offense. So Michigan is lost on defense right now, and that's that's not normal for them. That has been, you know, they've had a top 20 defense uh, just about every year for the last, uh, you know, almost decade or so. Uh, but they have been pretty bad uh, so far this year, with the exception of that Minnesota game. Uh, but Indiana, on the other hand, is on the rise. They've been getting better and better and better gradually every year. And it's been nice to watch Indiana get back into a competitive situation. Um, but I didn't expect them to, to just wallop Michigan the way that they did. Well, no, I mean, this is, uh, this is by far Indiana's most dominant victory over, and they've only had, this is only the 10th victory, the 10th time Indiana's ever beaten Michigan. <laughs> and it was, you know, one of the most dominant performances uh, that, uh, that they've ever had. Uh, in this uh, in this matchup Um, and give all the credit to Tom Allen their head coach I mean he's made some uh, he's made some moves uh, over the last few years to really boost Indiana's profile Um, I mean you can only go so far in Indiana though I mean let's face it Um, I I, you know this is not the beginning of some sort of emerging powerhouse uh, in Bloomington it's not like you know Indiana's going to uh, be giving Ohio State fits for the next decade. Um, you know, they're a good program and he's a good coach. And maybe that's a guy that you look at if, uh, if you're Ward Manuel. You know, would, would Tom Allen leave Indiana for Michigan? Uh, you know, considering, considering the advantages that you have, I mean, like I said, you can only do so much in Indiana. You go to a place like Michigan, yeah, okay, it's a lateral move in terms of conference, but the resources are just, you know, way above uh, yeah. anything he's ever going to have in Bloomington. Plus, potentially, he brings two assistants with Michigan ties with him. Nick Sheridan, his offensive coordinator, former Michigan quarterback, uh, played in that uh, 2008 season uh, for Rich Rodriguez when they went 3-9. and nine. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Mike Hart, the running backs coach, uh, all-time leading rusher in Michigan history. So you bring somebody in who's innovative. You bring somebody in who gets the most out of his players – uh, guys who don't have to be four or five star recruits, but imagine if he had four and five star recruits, you know, the, what, what he could do at Michigan um, with, and, and, and then you've got that other, you know, the, those other ties uh, back to the school. I mean, that's somebody that you could at least look at. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, it, I like seeing Indiana be more competitive. And, and as I said, they've been getting better. Uh, and it is nice to see one of these perennial doormats actually stepping up and doing something well. But this is a weird Big Ten season so far. Penn State is 0-3. Uh, granted, they did play Ohio State, so that was going to be one that you knew they were going to lose. But Penn State's 0-3. Michigan, 1-2. Michigan State, 1-2. Minnesota, 1-2. Teams that we expected to be better. Wisconsin's only played one game uh, because of, of COVID stuff. Uh, that's who Michigan's got next. I mean – I didn't, wouldn't have picked Michigan to beat Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's probably a better team this year, but at the same time, they've only played one game and it's three weeks ago. I I no idea how to predict any of this. And thankfully there's going to be a giant asterisk next to this season, no matter who wins it. Well, yeah. And I think that's another reason why Harbaugh might not get the, uh, get the door unless they just lose every game the rest of the way. If they finish one and seven or two and six, I could see them making a change, but you know, and you look at the schedule, I don't know what games are winnable. You know, I mean, maybe Penn State, because Penn State has been so bad. Rutgers. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I'm going to say Rutgers is a maybe, you know. They're better. They, they, they battled yesterday against Ohio State, but they still got their butt kicked. 
Yeah, and Maryland, I, I'm looking at that as a loss because, I mean, that, the, you know, anytime you're going up against anybody named Tonga Vailoa, <laughs> you know, look, look what he did. Look what that kid did to, uh, to, to Penn State. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's basically a carbon copy of his brother, Tua, who's now in the, uh, in the NFL. Talia Tonga-Vailoa, I mean, he has energized Maryland. They don't, ha- again, you know, this is a team that has, you know, been a doormat since joining the Big Ten. But, you know, if, if they figure they can beat Penn State, uh, you know, another team, that's another one. Penn State did to Maryland what Michigan used to do to Indiana. You know, and now, it, now the script is flipped. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, even if they do somehow manage to beat those three teams, Rutgers, Penn State, and uh, 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 Maryland, yeah. uh, you know, okay, that, that sort of salvages the season a little bit. I mean, at least you don't end with a losing record. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to play Wisconsin or not. I haven't heard uh, anything about Wisconsin's status, if they're, if they're going to be able to play Saturday. Frankly, I, think if it, I, th- I still think if everybody on Wisconsin football team had COVID, I still think they'd clobber the Wolverines. <laughs> Um, well, and, you know, and again, there is no such thing as home field advantage this year no. uh, for any of these teams. And, and that's, that's something that's really odd is the road teams are actually doing really well. Um, we're seeing the same thing in the NFL. Uh, and, and it just makes you realize that, Hey, uh, crowds matter. It, it does make a difference and it can be yeah. intimidating for other teams to go into these venues, but it's not right now. Right. And, and so, uh, by the way, the Spartans clearly they're in rebuilding mode. Um, they got just pummeled. Uh, my, my, the other day, I mean, geez, 49 to seven, there is nothing that you can put on that one that says, oh, this was not, not a bad day. We've got some positive things to take away from this. They don't, uh, they're going to have some growth pains, uh, under Mel Tucker for a little bit. And until he gets a couple of recruiting classes in, I have a feeling Michigan state's going to be struggling. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, I, it's too it's too early for me to read where Michigan State's going under Mel Tucker because he's only been there three games I mean they looked so prepared again you know keeping in mind that Michigan is not a good team um you know but the fact that they were prepared for a game where they were you know three touchdown underdogs uh and just basically you know executed so well uh after after losing to Rutgers and then coming back and landing on their face again uh, against uh, against Iowa, which had not won until they beat the Spartans. I don't know where MSU is going right now, um, but I, I do know where Michigan's going, and it's going backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, this, is, this is the worst team Michigan has had since Rich Rod's first year. There's no question about that. Um, and, uh, and, and again, they've got a lot of young players, but they are struggling in the secondary and their receiving core just doesn't seem to quite have it yet. They're not running very crisp routes. I've seen a, a bunch of situations where you've got two receivers in the same area, which, you know, confuses a quarterback um, and they're not blocking very well for, for the running backs at all. Um, no. So they've got they've got problems all around all around the ball on that team. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, and, and being, yeah, it is a COVID year, but it is still the sixth year of Harbaugh's regime. How, how is this possible? I mean, how do you, it's mind boggling. You know, these, this is his sixth season now. These things should not be happening uh, to, uh, you know, uh, when, when a guy's been there that long. Um, it's just, I mean, it's possible to turn it around, I suppose. I mean, Brian Kelly, I think Notre Dame went four and eight in his sixth season or, or yep. seventh maybe. And look what they did to Clemson the other night. Yeah, I yeah. know Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, but hey, Notre Dame 
they answered the bell. And that is probably the biggest win Brian's Kelly had since coming to Notre Dame took 10 well, years and, and look you know they've they've got a shot at the playoff now Notre Dame oh, absolutely. Like, if they keep winning their games they will be in it and I, I um know. yeah that's all you want you just want a chance and here's another weird thing uh you know another odd thing that I attribute to 2020 something I never expected ever to say in my life Notre Dame is in first place in its conference <laughs> that's true that's right there in the acc they're in, they're in the acc this year they're actually in the conference well and think about this the state of indiana has two teams undefeated at this yeah. point in the season think yeah. about that that's very rare um you know but uh well hey we, we've got to got to move on real quick just because i don't have you for too long but i, I do want to say one thing that i feel bad about this year and as, as the father of a of a college age kid um you know i feel bad that he's missing out on on certain things going on this year on his campus and uh, I'm thinking about your brother, Pat, and I should let folks know your brother is, of course, the uh, band director at Central Michigan University. Uh, I'm a Bronco, but uh, I still like the chips. I have no problem with them. There are rivals, but that's all they are. It's just sports rivals. Uh, the band is not getting to play for these games. I, I like the stuff that they're doing virtually, but how's he doing and how are the how are the bandmates doing by not being able to be in that stadium on a Saturday? Well, actually, they were. They they did oh. play Wednesday night. Uh, oh, good. You know, they're, yes, they're they're spaced out. I mean, the band members are all spaced out uh, in uh, what would normally be their section, uh, and uh, and they are playing. They did perform. Um, I you know I I I texted uh, I texted Jim uh, that night you know and asked is your band playing and he sent me a a text picture back with him band members on the field and him wearing a mask. So uh, they are. <laughs> They are there, um, you know, so it, it seems like they are at least uh, able to uh, participate in, in, in some way, even if it is uh, socially distanced. Um, but it was good to see uh, that uh, they're at least able to, you know, participate in some way. Um, you know, as for uh, as for your son. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any kids. Um, you know, I, 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 I can understand what you may be going through. I would suggest maybe sending him to Notre Dame because then, you know, he could, uh, then he could storm the field, uh, uh, you know, whenever Notre Dame wins a big game and just, oh. you know, mingle among all the, all the other I'll students. Oh, no, I'm holed up for the next few weeks. After all the celebrations around the country from, from the election and, of course, the Notre Dame thing, I'm not going anywhere near South Bend anytime soon. Uh, super spreader events all. Um, yeah. So, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll just uh, – I'll stay in place for a little while and see if we can't ride this out a little bit longer. But um, anyway, you know, I, I always have fun talking to you, Pat, even if the news is not good. Um, and as you said at the beginning, the state of football in Michigan is bad, really, really bad bad so uh michigan state obviously they get bragging rights at least for beating michigan they've at least got that to hang their hat on yeah michigan right now has nothing the brown jug they well that's the true jug. they got the brown jug i suppose so um Ooh. and i'll tell you what you know keep your players healthy get them practiced and, and maybe just maybe pull off the miracle of miracles at the end of the year to salvage something of the season uh but don't count on that unless no. of course you know covid takes down basically all of Columbus. I think yeah. that's the only way that Michigan might be able to win that game. But, and the Lions, I still said seven and nine. I think your six and 10 prediction might be closer. Yeah. And no Matt Patricia much longer, I have a feeling. I, I wouldn't think so. Well, the free press today, what was their headline? Did you see that one? 
Something about Matt Patricia is about to meet his doom, something along those lines. Something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> but then again, maybe bad. not. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see. It depends on depends on what kind of a dinner conversationalist he is, because uh, if he can uh, if he can entertain the Fords uh, at uh, you know uh, at, at social settings, he might be around for a while. Yeah, well, we shall see. And and here's the question. I mean, you know, uh, are we going to see a lot more of Matt Stafford? Uh, first of all, you know, he did actually have a concussion the other day. I don't know if he had a concussion, but they took him out of the game for concussion protocol. Have yeah. we heard anything yet? I don't think he, I, I don't think he actually uh, has that uh, concussion. I think he uh, went through the protocol and they ruled that it wasn't. Um, but, you know, I mean, they don't really have any option at this point. I mean, you know, the, their backup is Chase Daniel, who, unless he's, now, Chase Daniel, if he were playing the Lions defense, uh, you know, <laughs> like he did last year with the Bears. But other than that, um, you know, I mean, he's he's the only option they've got right now. Um, so we'll just we'll just have to see. Uh, I well, would, uh, and, and and Pat, real quick, just just so I can tell people that it's not just you and I being over the top when it comes to our reaction to these games this weekend. Here's what the free press had. Lions grades F. F, F of a season as Patricia's doom awaits. Yes, yes. I think those are reasonable grades. <laughs> I think they are too. Anyway, 2020 gets an F across the board. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll let it go. Pat Bachelor, we always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pat Bachelor is the morning anchor at WDET, Detroit Public Radio. Uh, we always appreciate him being with us on Mondays here on the program. Coming up a little bit later this week, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping to get Dave Coulter, the uh, newly uh, re-elected Oakland County executive, on the phone to talk about some of the shifting political wins in Oakland County. Democrats winning most of the top spots there and a majority on the county commission. What's his vision going forward for the county? And uh, it is changing quite a bit in Oakland County. So we'll talk a bit about that. Also, of course, on Friday, we'll have the week that was on deadline Detroit. Maybe, who knows, maybe we'll have a concession speech by that time. Maybe some of these court battles will be cleared up. Maybe some of these cases will be thrown out. Who knows what's going to happen over the course of the next few days. But the transition is getting underway. There's going to be lots to discuss uh, taking place there. So we'll get into all of that on Friday. Always have fun doing that. Hey, thanks to Lynette Shrimphouse for sponsoring the program. Appreciate it very much. Right there on Woodward, just north of the Davison and Highland Park. Excellent takeout food there. They now uh, have online ordering as well. So again, it's Lynette's. Check it out. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Don't forget, you can always send me an email, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. Find me on social media. I'm all over the place there as well. So send me messages. Let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like me to cover, things you'd like me to talk about, where I was right, where I was wrong. It's all welcome. See ya. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com membership.